Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. After a week off, we're back. Yes. I've what, ep- what episode is this? Seven? Seven? Yeah, I think seven. Episode seven. Lucky number seven. Yeah. Um, today, we decided that we wanted to discuss our favorite movies. So, yay! yay. So this is, this is going to be like a very fun discussion I think yeah yeah because we decided that we're going to break it down and and not just list just like you know like our overall favorite movie we're gonna go into like different genres and just kind of have like a full discussion on why we like them um we also had the idea that if we hadn't seen ones that one of us lists um that maybe we would take a time to watch one and come back and discuss it in a further episode so yes should be exciting I mean I think it's going to be very interesting as well because like I have a feeling that we're going to have very different like favorite movies of each yeah genre I feel Mm -hmm. so it'll be be really fun (laughs) I mean do uh, do we want to start with like our ultimate favorite movie first yeah yeah let's do that yeah sounds good well I mean my favorite my the ultimate favorite movie of mine is Dirty Dancing great movie it's one of those I can't I can't even but I think maybe what it is is because it it came out in 87 which is the year I was born and Mm -hmm. my mum used to watch it a lot and you just sort of it was one of those movies where you know you shouldn't have watched it when you were a child yeah and I think that's what it was I I, I, maybe I was like six seven something like that I don't know but I remember watching it and it was like that thrill of if I get caught watching this Mm -hmm. and just that the I just I don't know what it was that made me think I really like this movie maybe it was the songs I think it might have been the songs the music is great yeah yeah and and the dancing and just the fact that it it's I mean, obviously, as I got older, it's such an innocent movie. Mm-hmm. And it's, it is one of those classic, classic movies. And it's, yeah, yeah. I can yeah. quote it like all the time. It's, it's definitely one of my favorite comfort movies as well. Like mm-hmm. I watch it if I'm sad. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking like once. I can watch it like three times in a day. <laughs> That's how much I love it. Um, yeah, and it's just, it's just such a good movie. It is. It's a great movie. Like, I, I remember watching it a lot, like, uh, at growing up, because my mom really liked it. Um, and so, I mean, I've seen it. I've seen it a lot, too. And it's just, it's a great movie. And it's even, it's interesting as you, like, get older and watch it, you kind of catch on to more, like, some of the more, like, serious, like, like mm, themes like and things that, and yeah. yeah yeah that they like have happened in it because like when you're younger it's just like you're watching them dance and stuff and it's like mm. yeah this is cool and like nobody puts baby in a corner and like yeah. Patrick Swayze <laughs> obviously is like oh god love him um amazing so yeah it was just great and that and that last the last sequence, like uh, in oh. the end, is just iconic. It's so like everybody. I feel like even people who like haven't necessarily seen the movie um, know of like pop culture knows of that the lift. The like lift, yeah. that lift mm-hmm. is in 
everybody's minds like when you when you mentioned dirty dancing like that immediately is what people yeah. think that song like when that song comes on the radio you automatically yeah. know where that comes from and the thing is it's like what I love about when you have a movie that you've liked from a child and then obviously you grow up and then you watch it and you notice things different. I remember as a child that I really disliked Penny mm. and then when I watched it when I was older and then I understood everything and you know the whole thing with the pregnancy and the abortion and everything like that I then realized that she wasn't as horrible as I'd made out in my head for some reason I think probably because when (laughs) when you're a child and you're younger you're so like simplistic with the way that you think you just only ever saw it as oh well she's she's obviously a bad one because yeah. you, know, you you didn't understand what she got up to, but it was just the way people reacted around her and things yeah. like, oh, well, I shouldn't like her because she's not very nice. And yeah. then like, yeah, when I got older, I was like, oh shit. Yeah, she actually went through like a hell of a lot. Why did I dislike this girl? And now she's like, yeah. she's probably one of the best characters in the movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. it's great. It's, uh, yeah. And I, I know I remember like being like, so like stick it to the man about baby's dad and stuff being like, stop being so mean to her. You're so mean. Like, like Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, and the, the thing is, is like, it's just the way that they, they talk as well is like, it's also sort of very like chill and you know because obviously it was it's set in like the 60s in mm-hmm. America and it's just the way they spoke about things and it's like you don't get that sort of thing in movies now that come out it's all very sort of I mean I don't want to like attack movies that come out now but they're, they're very sort of sexualized now mm. and everything like that whereas Dirty Dancing's not it was it, it was a love story, but it wasn't sort of focused on, you know, that sort of thing. It was about, yeah. you know, these two people coming from different worlds and, you know, being together and learning about each other's lives and everything like that. And then just trying to find their place in the world. It as was a very, yeah, it was very kind of Romeo and Juliet, you know, like star-crossed lovers you know from different like sides like that's very reminiscent of that and I feel like that's something that that type of story is something that people latch on to like it's like since Shakespeare like he he knew what he was up to like people just like sympathize with that kind of thing so yeah and and the bad boy thing as well oh yeah hardcore (laughs) like everybody always wants the bad guy yeah but but it's also as well is that when when you then look back on it it's like Johnny wasn't actually as bad as you thought he was just a guy from the wrong side of the tracks who he was you know didn't have much to his name and right it was very yeah it was very much a commentary on um like a wage like wage gap like like the because baby comes from a very well-off family obviously they they come to this this camp or whatever like for for like every summer or something like that I think yeah um and so they are you know well off with all these rich families and and Johnny is the help you know he's like somebody that works there and um so yeah and he he doesn't have uh, as much privilege as as her family does so it's like it's 
it's really interesting. I, I like that, like when you, when you really examine it as an adult, like they, they had a lot of interest. It's not as just as simple as just like a little like love story. Like there's things that the movie, um, the, the, the filmmakers put into the film, um, yeah. that make it, uh, not so just more interesting. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. It is, it's, it is such a, like a, an all-round good movie because like, I mean you say that like, if you haven't watched it you know like the iconic lift you know where that comes and it's just it's random bits as well it's like nobody puts baby in a corner or I carried a watermelon it's just like little quotes like that that just like oh I know where that's from and mm-hmm. it's, yeah it's just it's just such a good movie yeah and yeah I could choice. gush about it all day but yeah it's a great choice <laughs> And obviously Hungry Eyes, which is very sort of, you know, relevant, even more so in our world now. Thank you to Sebastian Stans. <laughs> He's ruined that song for me. Not in a bad way. <laughs> but it is one of those things that, like, when I watch it, I mean, that scene is a good scene anyway with the and and the, these showed her how to dance and everything. But, yeah, in the back of my head, all I have is Sebastian Stans singing it in my head. And I'm just like yeah goodness sake. but bless you but how bless dare you, you sir <laughs> but and like I mean should we talk about your favorite movie because there's a sure. little bit there's a little bit of a connection there which I will reveal after you um discuss yours <laughs> oh my god I'm always so look I'm not going to defend myself. I'm a, I'm an unapologetic Disney adult. So that's my, that's my, (laughs) that's my story and I'm sticking to it. My favorite movie is Beauty and the Beast and everybody can suck it. (laughs) It is a good movie though. Such a good movie. It is. is. It's a great movie. And it's like, it came out the year I was born, it came out 1991. So um, it's just, it's just such a great movie. And it's, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe my attachment to it. It's just so, it's one of those movies, like you said, like it's a comfort movie. I could literally watch it over and over and over again. I've found myself just having it on in the background. Sometimes I, you know, can, can quote most of it. (laughs) Um, And it's just, it's, it is one, I think, of Disney's better um, film, uh, Dis- princess films, I guess I should say, during that, during that, like, time, during the, I think this was actually during Disney's, what they refer to their golden age of film, I think, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it was, it, this was during a time when they finally started making the princesses have more of a personality. <laughs> I should, because, um, we had Ariel, uh, I believe she came out right before Beauty and the Beast, like right before, um, 89, so, I think she came out. yeah, so we, we started getting these, these princesses that, you know, are, are, more independent and less damsel in distress you know they're they're and that's part of why I love Belle so much because Stockholm Syndrome aside yeah. she's, um, 
she's uh you know she's the weirdo she's the outcast she she reads a lot and she everybody thinks she's weird and she feels kind of you know alone and then she's also like so loyal to her dad and you know is willing to sacrifice her freedom to save him and then you know she has the power to change this like super selfish awful like dude into a prince or whatever um but into a better guy um but yeah it's just it's it's great and I love I love all the side characters (laughs) like Lumiere and Cogsworth's whole thing during the whole film is just it's a joy. I love it. Um, there are some really great jokes that like you don't get as a kid. And when you're an adult, you're like, oh my God, like that's yeah. hilarious. Like my favorite one is uh, when the Cogsworth and Lumiere are doing um, like a tour of the castle for Belle <laughs> and uh, Cogsworth's like giving her like the historical rundown of like the architecture and stuff. He's like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And I'm like, I can't deal with it. It's so funny it's yeah it is such it's I think as well as it it was like the first movie of its kind I think I think it was something like even though you know all the Disney movies had songs this was the the first movie that actually sort of was a musical with the way Mm -hmm. it was sort of like the way she you know does the whole bonjour thing that whole thing Mm -hmm. and and, and the same with like Taylor's Older Time when that song and it, it sort of played out like a musical rather than just a movie with songs in it. Yeah. Type yeah. Thing. yeah. And, and they also had some like technological like breakthroughs as far as like animation for Beauty and the Beast um, with the ballroom scene. That was one of the first times that they used some three early 3D animation for the way that the camera tracks through it, the the way that the ballroom is designed with the ceiling and everything. Mm-hmm. That was like some of the first times they started delving into that new type of technology. So I think that was also like a step off point for them as well, just as a as a animated film studio. Um, I will always say that I prefer 2D animation to 3D animation, even though 3D is like gorgeous and they've made like all of these like breakthroughs with this stuff. I just prefer stylistically as like an artist, um, the, the more, uh, it, it just feels more, I don't know, like real, I guess to me, like for yeah for when it's like hand-drawn and stuff, but I got to hand it to them. Like some of the stuff that, you know, they started to, to delve into during this time was, it was great. Like, it's, it's really impressive. Like when you go back and watch it, um, to see that scene in particular with the ballroom, it's very, it's like so big and, and, and just grand. It's, it's great. It's such a good movie. I mean, and you you spoke about side characters as well. And this is where I, I have the connection oh, gosh. Of, of Dirty Dancing is that the voice actor who is Lumiere is Jerry Orbach, who oh, is yeah. dad in Dirty Dancing. Yeah, you're right. Oh, that my. blew my mind when I found that out. Like, because I, I I remember I found it out years ago and I was just so curious about who these actors, these voice actors were. And then when I saw for Lumiere, I was like, 
Jerry or what that, that baby dad and that I was like hilarious that blew my mind I mean first of all I was like that's a really good accent like you couldn't have even told that you do you know what I mean and yeah then you compare it to Ewan McGregor's accent in the <laughs> live action it's terrible but yeah <laughs> but the funny thing about that is the fact that Ewan McGregor did the voice for it and they and they're like oh it's no good can you do it again so then he did it again but it was still shit <laughs> so it's like bless you you McGregor yeah but yeah Poor when guy. I found out about the original Lumiere I was just like that is nuts that is so funny you are you are 100% right wow mm. <laughs> yeah that's great that is great I love Lumiere oh my god he's like yeah it's so great because like people will like people people will go back and like critique like these films and stuff and they talk about how like Lumiere is like so like kind of like lecherous and like the whole time he's like you know like chasing after this this uh (laughs) duster (laughs) just like let let him be leave him alone he's in love He's, yeah, I mean, it's like the first time you like really see like a proper playboy, and it's like, oh. yeah, yeah, and you know, and he's a candlestick. Yeah, it's so great. Oh god. Uh, yeah, it is it's such a good. It is such a good movie. Mm-hmm. So good. I think Beauty and the Beast is my mum's favorite Disney movie. Yeah, I have I have like reservations about the live action. Like there are there are parts that I really enjoy. Um, like some of the new music that they, that they had, um, Mencken come back and write for it is great. Like, I will never argue with Alan Mencken coming back and writing more stuff. Like that's, nice. that's totally fine with me. I'm good. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Some of it, I was just kind of like, eh. Emma did her best. She did her best. Um, I don't necessarily know if I would have chosen her in particular to cast I think I think they should have gone for somebody else because you know she 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 will always be known as Hermione yeah trying to take on that role was mm. yeah it was I was just like kind of like but I mean she did she did her best she did a good job um some of the singing you can kind of tell they like edited a little bit like uh mm-hmm. so so that she could hit some some notes and stuff but she did she did a good job luke evans was the the perfect choice oh. for gaston i have no complaints with as far yeah. as his casting yeah, he, he's, i mean and josh gad is looking yeah josh gad too Just, they both yeah. yeah they were perfect mm-hmm. they were absolutely like the best choices for those two characters um I actually, I, I kind of, I mean, e- even though his accent is terrible, I think Ewan did a great job as Lumiere and I loved Ian McKellen as Like as soon as you hear him, you're like, it's Gandalf. It's Gandalf. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, that was excellent casting. Yeah. And yeah. Emma Thompson as Mrs. Potts was like good, but I'm also like, she's too young to be like Mrs. Potts. Like when you think of Mrs. Potts, you think of Angela Lansbury, you know, like you think of like an older, like grandma, like type of person, Mm. even though I, I, Angela wasn't that like, wasn't the age she is now, obviously when, when she was the voice of her in the original, but still like, I think of her, um, 
being older, Emma, Emma's too gorgeous. Like she's too like, like, like young and beautiful. And I think as well is that like Mrs. Potts, like Angela Lansbury's Mrs. Potts, that is such, it's such an iconic voice. Like, you know, as soon as you hear that, you, that, that is Mrs. Potts. That's, mm-hmm. so I think mm-hmm. that was sort of a role that would have been very difficult to fill yeah. anyway yeah mm-hmm. but yeah no I get what you mean about like the age thing I just sort of thought you know Emma Thompson while she is amazing yeah I, I was kind of hoping that Angela Lansbury would come back for it because obviously you had James L Jones coming back as Mufasa yeah so, you know yeah but I understand that they don't do these things sometimes but yeah 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 it's kind of like meh and I mean um I can never remember his name but the guy that they cast as Beast I uh, oh Dan Stevens Dan Stevens thank you my sister's gonna kill me because <laughs> um, I get uh he was in uh what was he in uh that sh- that one show Downton Abbey yeah I oh, was he oh I've never watched that apparently he's in Downton um but Dan Stevens was I liked him as Beast um it I think it's it's hilarious that in the end, when um, what does she say? She, what does Belle say? She like says something about growing a beard. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you thought about growing a beard? And he's like, <laughs> like he like growls. <laughs> that that makes me cringe every time when he does it. I'm like, why? That no, that's just it's wrong on so many levels. It really. Oh is. my god! I was like, no no, we're not going to do that. Like, stop. I will say that the costuming for the live action was stunning. I yeah. thought that they did a really, an excellent job. I really liked how, uh, like true to the time period that they went, um, yeah. except for with Belle's yellow dress, that was not accurate at all. Neither was her wedding dress really. Um, but still everything was very it, it it looked like it came from the animated film but like it was real yeah. you know so yeah. it it was good I liked I liked that too but still the animated one will will always remain my favorite I will I much prefer that <laughs> to it it's, yeah it's a very it's a very good movie very good movie yeah. whilst whilst we're on the Disney train favorite I mean obviously your favorite movie is a Disney movie um, yeah. but you've, you've gone for Pixar instead, haven't you? Yes. I broke it down to, to be a little bit more, uh, a little bit more niche into, uh, Pixar since I can't just repeat. <laughs> you just have the whole entire conversation again. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, my, uh, my, it's Wally. Wally will always be mm. my favorite Pixar film. Um, Pixar, the thing is, is it's really hard when you're talking about Pixar because Pixar just keeps making good movies. Like you can't really like, yeah, you really can't say anything. I mean, except for like Cars 2. Um, but <laughs> yeah, like most of the films that they come out with are are great. Um, so it's hard to choose. But Wally, I don't know. It just it that one hits different for me. Um I it's so strange because it, when you think about it, there's not a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of dialogue in that, in that movie. It's almost like, yeah, it's almost like watching a silent film. Um, and that's, that's, I think that's part of why I like it so much because you're like, 
this robot, like these, these like robots that are not like people they're but they have personality. Like it kind of harkens back to like R2D2 and stuff from like star Wars that it's like, they're, they're not people, but you still like get attached and feel all these emotions from them. And it's just, Wally is so emotive um, the way that they designed him and Eve obviously is great. Like, it's just, it's beautiful too. It's a beautiful film. I love it. Yeah. I've only seen it probably twice. I think I, I saw it when it came out and then I saw it again a couple of years ago. Mm. I can't really, I mean, it's a good movie because it, it was, isn't it like as well about um, it shows what humans would be like. And it's just sort of like, you can sort of see us like going that way, just being mm-hmm. on like, this huge thing and, you know, not being able to move because, you know, it's, 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 it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. That it's, it's sort of like Pixar's way or Disney's way of being like a bit sassy in a way like you know this is what's gonna happen but yeah mm-hmm. mm. the thing with Pixar is that I sometimes get confused about what's Pixar and what's Disney like mm. sometimes like I'll say a movie and I'm like a Disney movie and it's like oh no way that's actually a Pixar movie well the the confusion there lies in the fact that Pixar Studios was separate from Disney for a while they were their own uh their own studio but then Disney appropriated them um so now it's like Disney Pixar so like um so technically they're all Disney movies now um but yeah yeah see I like um Ratatouille that It's just such an amazing movie. Gratitude like, is good. Yeah. I mean, that that movie does, like, so well for rats. It, like, really does. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I have rats. So, and, you know, they get a bad rap. They really do. Mm-hmm. But that movie is just so accurate with the... I mean, apart from, like, I mean, rats don't walk on two feet. Yeah. <laughs> They do walk on but the way that like they do it with how rats handle things and that they do have hands as well as feet and yeah I love how they do things but it's I think it's what they do as well is they did it with the Lion King is that they actually study the animal mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. they like before they draw them and do all the animation so that's probably what they did with with uh, Ratatouille is that they actually looked at what rats do and thought okay we're going to try and make this as accurate as we can whilst trying to make them a little bit human I guess yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah I mean my favorite Disney movie is The Little Mermaid I mean I love that movie I love it so much that I don't want a live action because I feel <laughs> that it's gonna get it's gonna get butchered um I, cause I don't actually know who's in it is it someone uh Hallie something is yeah as Ariel yeah and um is it Melissa McCarthy's Ursula I think so Hmm. um and uh one of the guys from Hamilton is playing Sebastian I can't remember which one it was um but and Lin-Manuel Miranda's writing the music so I mean that that you know that's gonna be good I mean yeah the music is gonna be good I mean the (laughs) thing that I have I have my reservations about is that I mean like the um Camilla Cabello Cinderella they brought I haven't watched it but I've seen like that they've changed it 
like rather than it just be that you know she goes to the ball and she falls in love with the prince you know she's like oh well I want a career as well I want to do this I want to do it. it's like that's great but that's not what these movies are about it's mm-hmm. you know what I mean and I, I fear that that's what they're going to do with the little mermaid because I get so frustrated when people are like oh well, she gave everything up for a man and it's like but she didn't she wanted to be human she wanted to experience that world before she even played eyes, on, eyes Eric. on Eric yeah, yeah. So then for people to be like, oh, she gave it up for a man. She didn't. She He was just a bonus. I mean, like, she, that's how she met him because she was curious about, mm-hmm. about humans and stuff like that. So that's sort of what I'm worried about with the live action because they might, they might push it too much and just be like, oh, okay, she's, she's going to fall in love with Eric, but she's going to be like, I'm not going to marry you because I want to do this. And, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like. I'm all for like female empowerment and stuff like that. But I think when it comes to movies, especially Disney movies, I think just give us that fairy tale, just give us that little bit of, you know, fairy tale romance because life is shit and we've Mm. got big troubles going on in the world all the time. And I just think with things like that, just try and keep it as true to what people are used to type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, as long as she has, you know, her fire engine red hair, I don't, I don't really give a shit too much. Do you know what I mean? I just want her to have red hair because that's the aerial that we know and love. Yeah. Um, that, that's all I hope for. And that they don't try and push the uh, the feminist thing too much because at the end yeah. of the day, she is a mermaid. So yeah, yeah. Her best friends are a fish and a crab. So. Right. <laughs> that's just what we want. We just want it to have, be fun and, you know, yeah 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 Little Mermaid is another one that's that's just a great great movie um and yeah and and like I said before like this was during the time when they were trying to give their princesses more personality and have them be less damsels in distress and everything and I feel like Ariel does kind of personify that like kind of ideal because you know she's she wants she's kind of rebelling against her dad's, you know, ideas and authority. And she, she's curious and she wants to know about, you know, the human world. And, um, and yeah, yes, like she makes a deal with a witch, (laughs) but that's like, that's like, it's, it's all part of the, the learning. I mean, because that's the thing as well, is that like when you when you're watching it as a child and, you know, and Ariel's doing this stuff, she's defying her dad. And you're like, yeah, yeah, you do that. But then there's that bit where she's like, I'm 16 years old. I'm not a child. And now you're an adult. You're like, yes, you are. Yes, you are a child. <laughs> Listen to your father. <laughs> and then that's when you know that Disney, like Disney movies are ruined for you when you become an adult, when you're like, <laughs> you're sort of agreeing with the grownups. Like you are 16 years old. You are a child. Behave. <laughs> As long as you live in my castle, you will obey my rules. My ocean, you will do as you But yeah, it is. I, I, but I still love it though. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And with the thing is, like, what I love as well is like, I have my my grandmother is actually called Ursula. Oh, well, so I had that connection as well. I mean, her name is Ursula. She's um, she was German, but um, but nobody girl, could wait, ever pronounce wait, her name. So wait. Oh, sorry, I'm having I'm having like a moment. My dad's mother, my Oma, who passed away when I was little, her name was Ursula. 
shut up. No, I'm like a hundred percent telling the truth. My life. Yeah. Yeah. How have we never discussed? Oh my god! See, see, my yeah, my nan's name was Ursula, but she went by her middle name, which was Betty, because people couldn't pronounce her name, and she used to get so frustrated with trying to correct people. I can't believe that. Yep. Yep. Her name was Ursula Rosenberger. See, my name was called Ursula Mundi. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that. I mean, seriously, like this. How, why? How is the universe doing this? It's just giving us more and more things. Oh my god! Oh my god! That's that's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> my my nan is my mum's mum, but my dad's dad is called Eric. <laughs> I was born to love this movie. I really was. I mean, I, I think we should move on before I start crying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, should we, what should we go with next? What do you have next on your list? Um, let's see. <laughs> next on my list is horror movies, which is a very, which a very sharp turn <laughs> from this. Exactly the one that I have next on mine. So nice. Then we should go with that one. <laughs> Yeah. we'll just go straight into horror yeah. um yeah <laughs> thing is like with horror movies is that I have several that I really enjoy watching like I, we, we've sort of touched upon this before like um in the group chat with like like the scream movies because they're just like iconic kind of movies yeah oh, that just fell I don't know why but yeah I would have to say my favorite horror movie has to be the Conjuring series, mm. which is probably a bit like, you know, people are like, oh, well, that's sort of still kind of new type mm. thing. But I just absolutely love everything about those movies. Like, it, yeah, it's I'm, the thing is, is because I'm normally a person that the more gore, the better. Like, I'm more of like a gory person mm. rather than have something you know scare the shit out of me but with the conjuring movies is what I like about them is that it's children that creep you the fuck out mm -hmm. especially in the conjuring 2 where you know it's that that scene where he's got the, he's got the fire truck and he slides it along and then it goes in the in the tp I mean my first reaction is always why is there a teepee in the house? <laughs> Take that shit down. <laughs> and what, yeah, what is good about that movie as well is that obviously you have Valak, who is like the main, you know, demon and the fucking creepy nun. Mm -hmm. But then you also have the crooked man as well, who is mm -hmm. fucking terrifying. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I hope they expand on that. I think that, I hope that they do a story on the crooked man. But yeah, the Conjuring series, and the thing is, is, I think because it's based on real people as well, and that it yeah. is, it's stories that you've heard of before. I hadn't heard the 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 story that happens in Conjuring, the first one. I hadn't heard of that before, but I had heard of the Enfield haunting because obviously that was in London, so I'd I'd heard right. about that. 
but it's just sort of like expanding on that but I yeah I also know that there's controversy around it as well is that they say that the Warrens weren't actually as involved as they make out and because I know that that's the thing with like the Amityville horror as well mm-hmm. is that, that apparently that they weren't that involved they went there and they were there for like five minutes and then that was it but yeah that's yeah that's why I like the Conjuring series because it's based on Ed and Lorraine Warren um who are obviously real people mm-hmm. They're not with us anymore but yeah and it, it's expanding on stories that you sort of you're familiar with anyway yeah yeah I think that uh that those are some of my favorite horror films as well are the ones that are based or inspired by true events um I think it makes it more um visceral to like be thinking about the like wow like something kind of similar to this like obviously we're theatricalizing it like we're making it into a film so you know they're taking liberties with the events Mm -hmm. but still at at its core it's based on something that you know that somebody experienced in real life so I think that makes it more more scary more interesting just in general um, yeah, when you like start watching the movie and then it says based on a true story you're like oh it's gonna be good it's gonna yeah. be good <laughs> yeah yeah totally 100 100%. 100% agree I'm a huge horror buff so and I meant you are as well and so and I feel like we we kind of are similar in the fact that I do I do like the gory stuff too the gory stuff tends to like really get me like I don't know it, it's more of like um people will say like uh escapism or or experiencing something that you will never ha- you're you're never gonna have a chance to experience like you don't yeah. want to experience this in your life so Especially it's just the more, soul movies Jeez, yeah. yeah see and that's the great segue because my favorite I, I I literally think my favorite horror movie is the first saw um just kind of overall as a whole I cannot remember a horror movie like that the way that that one like like gripped me and then and then the ending like was just if I could go back and rewatch it to have that have John Kramer stand up at the end and like he's been there the whole yeah and he's been there the whole time it's nuts it it was I can't like when I first saw that I was just like I can't even this is and it was when it first came out it was so different than a lot of the stuff that had been coming out before it um just in 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 tone and in the way that the way that the the way that they filmed it was kind of like like manic especially when they're showing like the the flashbacks for the the traps yeah like the way that they filmed it was really crazy and and um and it's an interesting concept to think of because you immediately put yourself in the 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 place of the victim of these traps and you it really makes you think like could I do this like could I get myself out of this horrific trap that I've been put into um it's it's easy for us to sit there because we'll sit there and go yeah I could do that I could so do that but then you just all think "Mm, actually if I was actually there could I actually do it yeah I think some of the really interesting stuff that they put into not necessarily in the um 
the first one, but as they expanded when they, when they started making more Saw films was that you kind of were able to notice that Jigsaw usually put almost like a loophole in, in traps that like mm-hmm. if they had, if, especially in five, five is the biggest one that when you go back and you watch it, you're like, wow, if these people had just thought with their brain for like two seconds, they all could have survived this. Yeah. He made these traps to where if they had worked together as a team, they would have gone out. They would have gotten out. They would have been fine. So yeah. it not fine. They would have been maimed. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, but they would have lived. They could have gotten out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just it, it's an interesting thought experiment, but the first one is just, it's so interesting because, you know, a lot of it is just these two people in a scary fucking bathroom, like chained mm-hmm. to the wall. And, and, and yeah. it's just, oh, it's great. I love it. I thought it was, it was, it was brilliant. And, and yeah. yeah. And the sequels, I've yeah. liked them so yeah. except for I mean, we watched uh well we watched Saw 3 mm. um and obviously that's the one where I think that is the last one with John where he's alive because then the rest mm. of the flashbacks of him aren't they yeah because three is the one with Jeff going through all of the different yeah. challenges right yeah and it's and the thing is it's like the Fucking one thing Jeff. that I yeah <laughs> But the thing is, is what I love about John Kramer is the fact that he's honest, mm-hmm. like, especially in Saw 3, he, he's, he, everything he says is honest. Like he's like, um, you know, with regards to Amanda and Lynn, it's like, it's like Lynn is important to you, you know, and Amanda's like, no, she's not, no, she's not. And he, and he's just trying to like, trust me, she is. And then mm-hmm. it turns out that yeah Lynn was important to Amanda but obviously Amanda didn't listen and all that mm-hmm. and yeah that's the great thing about him is that he's he's honest and he's upfront and he not once does he ever lie to anybody no like this is how you're gonna get out of this just do it yeah yeah but then everyone's like oh my god she's such an asshole you there should I yeah he's he's telling you exactly what to do just listen yeah well it's like uh is it I think Four is the four is the one with the detective yeah. whose son is in the safe the entire fucking time. And mm-hmm. John literally just tells him at the beginning, like, all you gotta do is sit here and talk to me. All you gotta do is sit here and, and talk, listen to what I have to say, and your son will be fine. Your your son will be safe. Yeah. And he gets pissed off, of course and they leaves. Get- and yeah, I was just like it's just, and it's, it's also interesting that it's like, you could say John Kramer never physically, Mm -hmm. he never physically kills anybody. Like everybody does it themselves, you know, like it's just, um, it's crazy. It's, it's just a great, I think it's a great series. I love it. I mean, that's why, cause we, we spoke about it like over text message was that with Spiral, mm. that I, I was so disappointed with it, purely because there wasn't much gore in it. And also I found it very difficult to get behind Chris Rock's character. 
yeah like, I just couldn't and and also as well because we I, I said to it as well like the fact that Chris Rock looks older than Samuel L. Jackson and Samuel L. Jackson's meant to be playing his dad yeah yeah <laughs> it, a bit disappointed with that it was very I don't know I don't know I feel like they they were trying because you know it's spiral like they tried to like kind of separate it from saw in a way but still have it be a part of that universe but it felt very disjointed like disconnected and and the 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 tone was just so weird like and you didn't get the like like music until like the very end and as soon as you hear that you're like oh yeah well and and the other thing that made me really uncomfortable and I kind of realized as I was watching is that they didn't have Billy the puppet they had whatever that fucking pig thing was Mm -hmm. and the the tapes voice was not the same like like I get it I understand that it's not John but other people in the past saw films have made Mm -hmm. tapes and used John's voice like to make these tapes like I don't understand why they didn't do that because I felt like that really pulled me out of it that the the voice was not the same yeah because it was like they they made a point of like spiral was like similar to jigsaw and that they even thought well jigsaw's dead it can't be him but it's like stop referencing him if you're not going to use the voice or you're not going to do anything that's similar yeah 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 it just it sort of fell flat a little bit and Mm -hmm. you know yeah it's a shame because I was really excited about it because obviously Saw movies are just yeah it was a shame all right so we've spoken about horror now the next one that I have on my list is comedy so something again very very different (laughs) we're going all over the place (laughs) (laughs) I mean because we sort of spoke about we didn't really know what comedy would really sort of you know all into yeah yeah but um I've gone with um one that I watch I've watched it so many times um which is pixels and I absolutely love pixels which is the Adam Sandler oh I haven't uh, seen this and it's got Peter Dinklage in it as well and yeah I know what you're talking about, but I have not seen it. I haven't seen it's that one. So good, so so good. It, the thing is, is what I love about Adam Sandler movies is like he's probably one of my main actors that's up there. Is that in every single one of his movies, he always has one character called Lamonsoff, and the music that he uses because obviously he he I think he was born in the seventies or maybe sixties, but a lot of his stuff has eighties stuff in it. And that's one of the things that I love about Pixels is that it has like 80s video games. It has 80s music. It's just such a funny, fun movie. I mean, the thing is, it's Adam Sandler. So it got trashed at the cinema. Um, But yeah, I just I just love it so much. It's so good because you have have Pac-Man in it. You have Space in it. It's just one of those movies that is there's just nothing, nothing wrong with it, in my opinion. And then Josh Gad as well. Josh Gad is in it. His character is just amazing. like I mean I don't want to give too much away, but he's like one of those um, conspiracy theorist people. Yeah. So you know that he's completely nuts. Um, but yeah, I I love pixels. Yeah, so great. 
should definitely watch that because yeah I'll I wrote it down I'm gonna have to add that to my list because I know I, I, I I'm completely aware of it like I can envision the trailer um but yeah I just never I never got around to watching it um my favorite my favorite comedy I had to think about it for a second um but this is like this is one that I can think of that like I've I've watched multiple times and no matter how like dumb it is it's just it's so funny and I think it's it has to do with the the main actor just like Adam Sandler but um Ace Ventura pet detective (gasps) is probably is probably my favorite Jim Carrey is just he's one of my favorite comedic actors he's so he's just so like manic like and just like crazy and so yeah Ace Ventura my uncle actually worked on Ace Ventura as a camera guy Uh uh-huh yeah um so yeah 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 it's great (laughs) just I love it I love it (laughs) that is a good movie yeah 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 it's there's I think it's at the yeah it's it's the end of um Pet Detective is where they've got um they've got Snowflake back and it's a scene where they like they're talking about Ace Ventura and he's like I'm the lover of animals and then there he is just like punching the shit out of the mascot and it's like brilliant that's just such an iconic scene lover of animals punching the shit out of a bird mascot absolutely love it love it so much I love it I and I I love the like beginning like introductory scene for him when he comes into his apartment and all of the animals are just like coming out of coming out of like there's penguins in the fridge and there's like birds coming out of places it's oh god it's so great when you think of feel-good movies you think of that one because that's so good I mean and even like when nature calls as well that's that's I mean I think probably when nature calls is probably my favorite out of the two Mm. just because it's got some really really funny scenes like when he's going he's come down from the monk thing and he's doing the slinky down the down the stairs (laughs) 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 one more step to go and it's like I'm so so sorry but we really need to go and he's like oh yes of course how selfish of me let's do all the things that you want to do <laughs> I just love it. and, and I like the scene, the scene as well where he's like with the the guy that looks like the monopoly man and then he like punches him in the face and then throws him around <laughs> brilliant I love it so much and the one with uh the scene in the first one that, that I love the most is when they go to like the insane asylum or whatever and he dresses up in the like tutu <laughs> put me in coach <laughs> instant replay <laughs> and he does the slow motion where he's like mm. <laughs> he comes because he spotted the room he needs to go into good choice very good it's so good I'm crying like oh my god it's so funny like ah and I it it just boggles my mind that there are some kids today that like have not watched Ace Ventura and like just don't 
And it's so funny because I feel like if they went back and they tried to watch it, they wouldn't get it. You know, like they wouldn't find the jokes as funny as like we find these jokes because it's just like, I don't know. It's just that humor is so, so like 90s, like early 2000s, like humor. It's just, oh God, it's so fucking good. And <laughs> so when good. he goes to uh, Ray Finkel's parents' house and he's like, I'm looking for Ray Finkel and a clean pair of shorts. <laughs> The thing is, that's, and that's something as well. I think that's sort of why that kids, if they went and watched it, that they wouldn't get it, is because the whole thing with the detective. Yeah. The detective, spoiler alert, the detective being Ray Finkel. Yeah. And I mean, that was, you you wouldn't be able to make that kind of joke now, especially yeah. when, you know, with the, where they're all going, because they've, you know, kids. But yeah, it's it's things like that, which is just it's so iconically 90s that it's mm-hmm. humor that you wouldn't be able to get away with now. It would probably be a little bit. Oh, yeah. Help, but yeah. you can't help but find it funny. Yeah. Because you watched it when it came out. And obviously the world is a completely different place now. Yeah. But yeah. That's, it's such a, such a good film. <sighs> so good. What did you have next on your list? I had, well, I put it as a rom-com. Because mm. I sort of I sort of feel that they they go they go together, um, but I guess we'll just call it a romance. Um, is uh, you've got mail? Oh my god, I love that movie. I mean, I, I'm a massive Tom Hanks fan. Mm-hmm. That, that movie again, it's just so very nineties. Mm-hmm. A movie that just would not happen nowadays. That, that just that whole and it makes me. Even though it's sort of set like different times throughout the year, to me, it's like a, it's an autumn movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, she has the shop and then she, you know, but the, it's just, it just feels very sort of comforting. And it's, again, it's so, it's such an innocent movie. It's so good. It's, I mean, look, anything that Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan were in during this time is just, it's a good time. Like you can't, like, there's just, God, it's such a oh, what a great movie. That's a great choice. Mm-hmm. I, I remember watching that a lot growing up too, because that's one of my mom's favorite movies. And it's just, it's so good. And like this whole like miscommunication, like trope of like, them not knowing but then he realizes first and so he he like knows that it, that he's been talking to her but he doesn't say anything and like it you know it, oh god it's so good at the, at the end bit where she was like I was I was hoping it was you and it's like oh my god yeah oh, it's just it's yeah it's one of those movies that you, you just it may it fills you with so much love and I mean like Tom Hanks is my go-to actor. He always has been. And if we're going to do, okay, so that this is in line with like the rom-com like stuff as well. And I feel like this one is very kind of similar in, in it's like story. Um, But when Harry met Sally would probably be mine. Yes. Um, that's that's a another really 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 good one um and I mean again it's it's Meg Ryan so she's like she's so good um the diner scene is like so iconic Mm -hmm. Um, whatever she's having yeah (laughs) what she's having 
Oh my God. It's so great. And like Billy Crystal too. It's like so weird because like you kind of associate him with Mike Wazowski from like the Monsters Inc. Like you don't think of him really as like a, like a leading man or whatever, Mm -hmm. but it's so, it's so, such a good movie. And I love the whole, I love, uh, uh, Princess Leia is in it. Um, looking like hella young and fine as like one of her friends yeah she's one of her friends um and uh it's just uh it's a good movie it's I love the the whole that they're that they're friends for like so long and then you know they they are just like made for each other and it's just that's that's sort of like the the definition of the right person wrong time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. I love that do you have next on yours I have musicals on my list next okay well you can jump to that one so so here's the thing Um, musicals, probably another one of my favorite genres. So it's really hard to narrow down exactly. Um, so I have a couple. (laughs) It's fair enough. That's fair. Um, so here's the thing with, with musicals, there's like different, there's different types of musicals. There's musicals that are, well, okay. No, I take that back. Because most musicals nowadays get made into a play or were a play to begin with, and they've just been made into a movie adaptation. Um, So, or sometimes they're backwards, like one of mine. (laughs) I'm like rambling now. Um, So my favorite classic musical is Singing in the Rain. That will always be one of just my favorite ones to just watch when I'm you know just need something comforting to watch Gene Kelly Debbie Reynolds like it's just see I'm I'm, it's one of those movies that I know that I've watched because Mm -hmm. again it's like one of those movies that you just watch but I cannot for the life of me remember anything about it so I'm gonna (laughs) write it down you should you it's it's worth giving it a go again it's just it's so great the music is great the 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 dance sequences are just incredible and it's just like that's what you expect from a gene kelly film like mm-hmm. the dancing is gonna be amazing like top tier and it's it is it's great um and it's just such a lovely like movie and debbie reynolds is like so young and so gorgeous in it it's just it's great. It's got some great, um, some great songs. Um, it's one of my favorites. My recent, my more recent favorite um, would be Sweeney Todd. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, the thing, no, in my opinion, nobody else could have made that movie but Tim Burton. No, absolutely not. No, I completely agree. That is, yeah, that's one of those that it's sadistic enough that he can make it likable. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. he did like, and obviously with Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter, they're, they're two people that you just, you can't help but just love everything that they're in. Mm-hmm. And it casting those two just, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. It was, 
I think everybody that they chose was, it was just a great cast, great cast. Cause I mean, I've seen the play and, and they, you know, they didn't change too, too much. Like there are some songs that got cut and like tonally it's very different just because it's Tim Burton. And that's just something that, that comes out of him being the director of the, the film adaptation of it. Um, so it's almost less dark mm-hmm. in the movie than it is in the, in the play version. Um, but oh God, it's great. Alan, Alan Rickman as Judge Ooh. Turpin. Um, and, uh, I can't remember his name, but the guy who plays Peter Pettigrew playing the, the Beatle, like it's just, um, it's great. It's such a great movie. It's, uh, I remember them when they like announced it and they were like Johnny Depp is in this movie and he's going to be singing and I was like my life is going to change forever once I hear this man sing like I'm not gonna I don't know what I'm gonna do with myself um and uh yeah they did it's just I love it I can't a little priest Mm. that one's my favorite because that's the one when they they like uh when Mrs. Lovett's finally like well well why don't we just like, I've got a great idea. Let's start. Like, we got to get rid of this body. Nobody's going to miss him. Uh, my pies are shit. I've been using cat meat. Like, like what? Like, let's, let's, who's, nobody's going to know the difference. And so they like have an entire song about different kinds of meat, people meat. And it's just, it's great. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, the thing is as well, it's like, you can't help but be like, that's actually a really good idea. <laughs> Who would know? Nobody would know. <laughs> Nobody would know. Nobody would know. Yeah. It's a yeah. brilliant plan. Brilliant. That, that, it, like, because it is like a classic Tim Burton movie, I just loved like the darkness of it. Oh, yeah. yeah. The whole like palette of just like gray and black and like brown tones. And then starkly starkly contrasted with that blood like mm-hmm. the color and 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 the and the the flashback sequence is like so colorful and vibrant mm-hmm. and and beautiful like showing him when he's young and when he's with his wife and stuff it's um and the whole sequence where mrs lovett is like daydreaming about them getting married and stuff the whole color palette's completely different yeah. flips they're the on switch. the beach at one point aren't yeah they? yeah it's um it's great it's very uh it's just quintessential like Tim Burton filmmaking it's so great it's um my my favorite musical is one that is I I want to say that it's fairly new but then when like I actually think about it it came out like fucking years ago which is Moulin Rouge oh my god like I love Moulin Rouge that is my number two that is yep oh is it yep that's my (laughs) number two that that movie excellent casting Hugh McGregor Nicole Kidman you couldn't ask for better than that the 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 story in it and what I love is the fact that they've taken popular music and turned it into something like the elephant love medley yes yes all the yeses (laughs) that song Jesus like I like even now like if I if I hear one of those songs on the radio I automatically think of Moulin Rouge oh yeah and Nature Boy David yes it was a boy I love it I love it and I love that they turn 
I love that they turned Roxanne into a tango. Like it's that scene. Oh my goodness. That yeah. It's so it's so fucking good. It's just Mm. it's it's a great movie. And yeah, I agree. Like taking all these songs and making them into turning them into what they are turned into. Like, God, they took uh they took uh during the whole sequence when when uh she's first inter- when Satine is first introduced and they have like uh freaking diamonds are a girl's best friend oh. and uh we're living in a material world like Madonna like they're throwing all this stuff in there it's just fuck it's so good the 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 scene that I have like I I watch it and then I have to rewind it and watch it again is the can can bit. Yes. Where it's got the, the, um, the, what was it? Lady Marmalade bit mm-hmm. in it as well. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. Oh, I just love, absolutely love that, that scene. And yeah. And one day I'll fly away. That song, I feel that that song is so powerful as well. And you know me, I love the angst. So the ending of this movie destroys me. Like, and I have okay. like, we, we, I have, <laughs> yep. If I, it depends on what mood I am, I am in, whether or not I turn it off at the end of their, their like whole song, or if I keep going, yeah. because <laughs> I mean, as well as, as yeah, I mean, come what may, that is, that is a brilliant song. Um, but is it called Hindu Sad Diamonds, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is the song after that, just before she that 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 is such a good song as well it's so great it's uh, Mm. and I the um oh like a virgin (gasps) that whole kills me god it's so good oh (laughs) man it's it's just and Ewan McGregor is uh, I can't I can't I can't with him. Like he's just perfect. His his voice is incredible. Him mm. and Nicole have such an incredible chemistry in this movie. Oh gosh, I really believe it. And like when he cries in the end, I, mm. I I sob. I'm a sobbing mess every time. Like it's just he's so, uh, he's so good. And it's just mm. uh, it's beautiful. I love it. I mean, Baz Luhrmann is. Mm just amazing because the thing is Baz Luhrmann's debut movie is another one of my favorite movies which is Strictly Ballroom that movie is it's Australian so it's just chaos but yeah yeah that's his first movie and like Moulin Rouge because he did Romeo and Juliet as well didn't he Mm, mm -hmm. Mm. and that yeah he's he's an amazing and I mean come on Moulin Rouge is set in my favorite city so I mean just Um, like Paris. can't go wrong can't go wrong with that um, and, and it, it, they focus on it a lot as well don't they they like really do the hats and then you know something hits it and yep 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 so <laughs> great movie great excellent choice mm-hmm. my favorite romance is titanic like i'm such oh. a i'm such a basic bitch but like titanic is so fucking good it's just I don't, I don't, I can't, I don't know what to say. Like what, what else could you want from a movie? Like, it, I mean, it's fucking long. It is know, long, but it's like so worth it. Cause, so cause I remember, I remember having that film on VHS tape mm-hmm. and having to 
change the tape halfway through the film yes. because only half of it was on one and you had a second tape for the second half and it always the the where they chose to cut it off was at the was right after uh what right after the the sex in the car scene and then oh, right. uh and then they have like one scene where uh the the is it the guy it's not the guy who built the ship because that's the like weird guy with the mustache but um mr andrews i think is his name mm-hmm. the um, irish guy yeah yeah where he like says something next to them i can't remember but i remember like it was a scene with him and that's where it cut off and it was like please change to like tape two or whatever mm-hmm. and then the like last tape was just like absolute chaos because it was the ship sinking like it was like yeah but the thing is it's like it's one of the <laughs> one of those movies is that i say every single time what if it doesn't hit the iceberg? What What if it doesn't? What if this yeah. time everybody's happy? Yeah. But obviously it does because that's the whole point of the movie. But yeah, I remember I was 10 when that film came out. And I remember coming home from school and there was a note that was left on the, the kitchen counter because we were latchkey kids because... You know, my mum worked and everything, so we always let ourselves in. Anyway, so there was this note on the side and it said, gone to the cinema with your sister. Now, my sister is two years older than me. And I remember that Titanic was a 12, but it was one of those where even if you were 12, you still had to go and see it with an adult. Yeah. And they went and saw Titanic and I was heartbroken because I knew that Leonardo DiCaprio was in it. And I was like... I was such so a annoyed. And they came home and they were talking about it. And I was just like, I want to see it. But then obviously I had to wait like a year or something before it came out on video because that's how long it took. Now, now it's like a movie comes out and then you have it within a couple of months. Yep. But back then it took ages for films to come out. Yeah. And I remember I remember watching it and that was such a good film. And the, like the score of it as well I mean that's one of the I very rarely listen to scores from films but Titanic and then back to Titanic I have those scores because they are just so like you can listen to it and you can pinpoint what scene it is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the scene where he's put her in the boat and then she's like and then she goes back for him and it's like it's like it's so stupid Rose why do you do that another thing like we talked about this with like horror movies like the fact that this is like a real historical event that they're just dropping this like romance into is just like it's so I was obsessed with the Titanic like in middle school like I I think I did a couple of book reports on it I did all kinds of like research I was so hardcore obsessed with like learning everything I possibly could about this fucking ship and um it, I love going back now and seeing it, seeing different characters that they added on that, mm. that they put, that they like put focus on that are like real people that Ooh. were on the ship. Like, like JJ uh, Astor and Molly Brown and yeah, Molly Brown. And, and the guy at the, at the, towards the end, when they climb up to the, to the back of the boat and it's going down and there's the guy in the life jacket that's like drinking Mm-hmm. He was like an actual like person that there are like accounts of, I think he was like a, a, a cook or something on the, on the hey. ship. 
And he actually, he was drinking. He was like super, super drunk. He had been drinking a whole lot, like the whole time, like this ship is like getting, like sinking and stuff. And he actually went to the back of the boat and rode it down like that. And he survived because of the blood alcohol level in his blood kept him from freezing to death. Jesus. Mm-hmm. So drink. I think that's like the moral of the story. Just drink to your heart's content. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing is, is like, what makes me laugh about what it shouldn't make me laugh? Because, you know, it's a very serious thing. When they come out with all these documentaries and stuff of, like, what actually happened. Mm -hmm. Like, how did the Titanic sink? And it's like, the Titanic sank because it hit an iceberg. They're like, no, but there was things that were burning in it and the metal was weak and this and this and this. And it's like, if it didn't hit an iceberg, it would have made it. it Yeah, it would have made it to New York. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't want you coming at me with your conspiracies and saying, oh, no, the metal was like, it wasn't made correctly. It hit an iceberg. That's why it sank. There may have been contributing factors, perhaps, but hit an iceberg. That's what happened. Yeah. I think one of the, one of the most interesting things that I've like, cause I, I, I love watching documentaries about like them going more in depth about like kind of, um, some of the like facts and science into the fact I didn't realize for the longest time, how far apart the two sections of the ships are from one, one another at the bottom of the floor. Like they are, they're like a, a mile or something away from each other. And, um, I love watching them like talk about like why, why that is like what happened with what what their theories are with like the trajectory especially since the nose like it's so aerodynamically shaped that it like went down like really fast once it full, filled with water and that's why like when it hit the floor it's like it's like kind of in like the nose is like kind of into the ground and everything and I think it's what's really really kind of tragic and sad is that like eventually the eventually it's going to be gone like the Titanic won't be there anymore. Like the, it's slowly being eroded by like this bacteria or whatever that's down at the bottom of the ocean. It's like eating away the metal. And like, there's, there's already less and less of it than there was when we first originally discovered the wreck. Um, And it's like slowly like collapsing in on itself. And I think it's freaking insane that James Cameron went down to the bottom of the ocean floor to film the wreckage for this movie like I think that's like god I I want to be him like this. but the thing is wasn't there like a, a documentary on National Geographic where like he went down for like the last time because now he's like you know I, I'm sort of done you know there's not there's not much left of it and mm-hmm. and all of this but it's like I mean he went down there many many times didn't mm-hmm. he yeah. And I, yeah. I think that's so cool that like all, all of the footage that they have for that film is like, he went down and actually yeah. filmed the wreckage. Like that's yeah. just uh, it's so cool. Because I think the, cause you know, the guy that's in it with the, the long hair and the beard who, who mm. I think he is actually one of the real people. Oh, really? Oh, okay. With him to look at mm. everything. I think he's mm. actually one of the real people and they were just like, oh, we may as well just have you as an actor. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Such a good film. Great, great movie. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those films that you do have to, you know, dedicate your time to it. You have to, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, okay, I'm going to sit here for three hours and watch this film. Yeah. Um, 
And sometimes that's another one where it's self-care, where it's like, well, I don't need to watch this. <laughs> yep. Yep. But yeah. I really feel bad for Rose's husband though. That's all I got to say is because in the afterlife, she went back to the Titanic to be with Jack. And I'm like, she's like, screw you guy. <laughs> like yeah. I don't care about you anymore. And also as well as that she does, she does all the things that Jack tells her to do as well. Like ride right. a roller coaster until you're sick, you know, then to ride a horse backwards and all of this yeah. stuff. So she does all of that. So she's, she's still clinging onto this, this one man that she lost the virginity to. <laughs> and like we know that she you know got married and had kids and has grandkids and stuff now and then she does in the afterlife she's like well, fuck you guys i'm going back to the titanic <laughs> i'm going back to see leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> i mean who wouldn't <laughs> let's be honest we, to me that is like peak Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, and when he, it's this, this the scene where like he's obviously drawing her, and it's like the the close ups as well, and he's like, oh, yeah. You know what pulls me out of that scene, unfortunately, is learning the fact that like all of the hand shots is actually James Cameron's hands drawing that picture, and I'm just like, no, I didn't need to know that. <laughs> want to live in a world where it's actually Leonardo DiCaprio doing it yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> that Kate Winslet is literally just like just draw me like one of your French girls yeah love it love that excellent choice okay well my next one I've sort of gone with family type movies but this is also like I put it in this category because I wanted to talk about it because it's also like my second favorite movie Mm. which is Labyrinth that that Labyrinth was one of those films that I watched so much as a kid and for some reason I thought that I made it up like it 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 does seem like a fever dream yeah, and it was sort of like one of those films where I just didn't think anybody else had watched it. And then as I got like into, I think when I started high school and then I would sort of bring up this film, they're like, oh yeah, I've watched that. And I'm like, you have? I, I thought this was a film that only me and my family watched, like <laughs> and became like obsessed with. But yeah, that, I, I just love everything about that movie. And, you know, the fact that David Bowie, that was perfect casting absolutely perfect and that what I love about because like obviously when you watch a film you then go and find out all these little tidbits about it mm-hmm. and there's a bit where he's singing magic dance and like there's a bit in it what kind of magic spell to use and now he associated that with drugs so in it, he's like, what kind of magic spell to use? And then he does this as if to be like, he's snorting Coke. And he kept doing that. And then people were like, David, can you not do that? This is a children's film. And they, they said that this is the last take. Please don't do it. I won't do it. I won't do it. And then he does it. <laughs> and also as well as when you think about it, his entire outfit, how inappropriate is that with the with the card piece <laughs> I mean even like with my pop funkos I mean I have, I'm gonna have to show you oh my god are they like accurate yeah they even have them they oh have the bulges that is a <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, come on, that's just that's amazing. But yeah, that that entire movie because I, I mean, I, I think there there's a lot of people that's like, oh, it's a really creepy film. Because, you know, he's the Goblin King and Sarah is only like 16 or something like that. It's like, oh, it's so creepy. But it's like, that's, especially when I was growing up, that was like something that you wanted. You wanted to be, you had, if you had a favorite book or something like that, you wanted to be in that. So then mm. obviously she, she was a fan of the labyrinth. And then, then she finds herself with the Goblin King and then, with all these mystical creatures and everything like that. And I think that's what the draw was to me is that she went to this other, this this place that she'd read about and everything. And it, the songs as well. And, and obviously it's, it's a Muppet movie. You know, yeah, obviously not yeah. the Muppets that we know, but obviously Jim Henson with, you know, Hoggle and Ludo and everything like that. And yeah, I just, I just really love it. It's such a fun, fun film and, I could, that's another film that I could just watch over and over and over again and never get yeah. bored. Such a good film. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, um, I, um, I've only seen it once. I need to rewatch it again. I want to watch it with like with Charlie and like have, mm. have her sit down and like watch it with me. Cause I think she'd like it. Yeah. Um, but I remember, I remember the first time seeing it being kind of like, whoa, this is crazy. <laughs> very, very weird film. Yeah. Sort of like, it's like when you sort of think about it now, it's what it would be if you're on like, if you were on drugs. It's yeah. the kind of thing, like you have a talking caterpillar. Yeah. And he's like, oh, come on inside of me, the missus, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a very bizarre film. But I think yeah. that's probably another reason why I love it as well, because it doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. And also, like with the whole Goblin King thing, is that it's something that I used to threaten my brother with. It was like, if you don't behave, I'm going to summon the Goblin King. He's going to come and take you away. <laughs> the way of getting children to behave, perhaps. Yeah. The Goblin King will come and take you if you don't behave. That's so great. <laughs> I shouldn't have children. I'd probably scar them for life. <laughs> my, I don't know if I would. Cons- I don't know if I consider this like a. I guess I guess you consider this a, a family movie, but I really like it. Um, Edward Scissorhands, that that one, and I, and I mean, this just kind of harkens back to the fact that I love Johnny Depp and I love Tim Burton. So basically, anything they do will will always be good to me. But Edward Scissorhands kind of stuck out to me as just different in just the the story it's it's so great to see like this world that Tim Burton creates of like this like suburban like very everything's the same everything's cookie cutter houses and it's all bright and pastels and beautiful and blah 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 and then Edward comes in and he's just like so like emo and and so sweet he's so innocent like he doesn't he doesn't know and and he's got all these fucking scissors for his hands and and yeah, it's, it's just like, <laughs> it's like and it's so sad because it's like he he just didn't get completed you know like he was supposed to have hands but he so wasn't finished he died yeah and so it's just like it's just such a cute movie and it i 
Winona in it is like really it's she's so good and it's very it's different from like seeing her in like other films that she was in you know girl interrupted and things like yeah yeah it's it's just um it was so it's such a cute movie and I love it it's just heartwarming you know Mm -hmm. like it's and kind of sad but but nice I liked it and it's the it's the the I think it's called ice dance where he's obviously made the ice block out of her and she's dancing just that that piece of music that to me that's Christmas mm-hmm. like it's very Christmassy and yeah yeah it's a good piece of music I know and I love that he does that and so it makes it snow like down in the in the neighborhood I'm like the thing is that you end up rooting for him because you know he's he's so he's so innocent and naive yeah like yeah, and like with her boyfriend and everything, you know, just leave him alone. Just do nothing yeah. to you. Yeah, and the lady that like tries to come on to him and yeah. stuff, and it's like, it's like, no, like, oh, like with the <sighs> no, it's like no, it's disgusting. It's just yeah, yeah. says her hands can do no wrong. He's an innocent little baby. <laughs> and the scene where he's on the waterbed. <laughs> And then he's like, oh. it's like, what do I do? Yeah, little things like that. Uh, that's, oh, that's one thing that Johnny Depp does really well is that he just throws himself into whatever role he's given, and he just mm-hmm. Edward Scissorhands is probably one of his best roles. Mm-hmm. I would say definitely. Yeah, I think we have time for like one more. Okay, okay. What, 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 what would you like to go for? um how about book to film adaptation okay I'll have to think about this for a little bit longer but if you want to go with yours okay so mine might surprise some people just because it's not super accurate to to the book but I still really like the film as a whole um is interview with a vampire um Mm -hmm. and big huge caveat I hate Tom Cruise (laughs) I I this is this is the only film that I can tolerate him in like I I can't watch him in anything else but this film is just it's I I don't know it's just it's iconic to me Mm -hmm. uh it's something that I think about like it watching watching it so many times and then when I finally got around to actually reading the book I really um because I read the book after I saw the movie first Mm -hmm. um and when I find when I read the book like it, it kind of felt like getting a little bit more context to what I had already seen because there's just like so much more involved like Anne Rice's book is like it's got so much more like stuff into it for for um especially if you read like the vampire Lestat and everything like that as well so it's just um but I love the movie Brad Pitt is oh god him as Louis he's so he's so tortured and and just such a sympathetic character and um Kirsten Dunst is so oh, she's a baby. She's a baby, but her character is like, God, it's incredible. Like she was a child actor, and she's oh. like, she's acting like an like an adult. Like it's yeah. just, it's ah, oh, it it's it's a great movie. I loved it. I loved it so much. Um, uh, Antonio Banderas as Armand. Oh. Christian Slater. Um, yes, Christian Slater's in it. Like, it's just, 
Mm. And I love the end. Like <laughs> I love the end where he's, you know, driving, driving on the highway and Lestat shows up and he's oh. like, well, oh, poor Louie, like, rah, 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 <laughs> like complaining about his life. Like, oh, like, it's just, uh, it's so good. It's such a good movie. Um, yeah. I mean, that scene with um, Kristen Dunst's character with the, with the other vampire that they've just turned off. Oh. It's It's awful. It's so sad. And then Louis goes ape shit and kills everybody. (laughs) To be fair, understandable. It's totally understandable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like the part where the the scene that I really like too is when um she she tricks Lestat into drinking the dead man's yeah, blood, blood like mm. dead and and so he's she's like poisoned him and and then cuts his throat and he's like bleeding everywhere and she's like she's backing away from like me, the Louis. puddle yeah like in mm. her little slippers and like Louis has to like pick her up and he's just like what the fuck do I do like what do I do <laughs> like I've got I've got a crazy oh, baby vampire like oh my god like and and he's he's just like it's this weird, like his relationship with, with Lestat is so, I don't know. It's like, he, he sees him as like a mentor, as, as a lover, as like a, a friend, as, a, you know, as his creator, but he also hates him for it because he, mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't want to like be like live forever, but then he, he feels like he's kind of indebted to Lestat I guess and so it's like this weird like jumble of emotions and like he's got this crazy vampire child (laughs) and it's like lost her shit (laughs) and so and that's another really interesting thing is to think about the the concept of a child being turned into Mm -hmm. a, a vampire like I know that they like have this this briefly touch on this with retribution in twilight but uh it it's it's interesting seeing her as the years go by having to deal with the fact that she's never going to grow up and mm. and that that becomes like a big big struggle with her um want, being envious of yeah. of adult women and and kind of being an adult in a child's body you know because mm-hmm. she's still she's still experiencing this time she's still aging she's like in, in her mind but her body is just not yeah. will never catch up to that and and then with the that scene woman, where she chops off right right and the 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 whole yeah. the whole scene where she chops off all her hair mm-hmm. because she's like having a having a you know a, a tantrum over the fact that you know she's she's Whatever finally day. Yeah, that she's never going to change and it grows back and she has that like screaming scene like, yeah. oh God, it's intense and it's, it's so, it's good. It's so, mm. it's, it's, it's so romantic. Like the whole, the whole yeah. like thing. It's just, it's great. I love it. It's a great movie. It's, it's such a good movie. It's like sort of one of those that you've watched quite a lot and then you don't necessarily forget about it, but then mm-hmm. somebody mentions it and you're like, Oh yeah, that's such a good film. I want to watch yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think because because my husband hasn't seen it. He's seen Queen of the Damned. Oh yeah. Like that. So um yeah, I think we might watch interview. God, with Queen of the Damned is so different. It's so <laughs> different. Like it feels like it's a completely different 
yeah like a completely different like universe like because Lestat is so different because like obviously the first time you ever meet Lestat is like the Tom Cruise version and then obviously Stuart Townsend's version of Lestat you're like okay (laughs) yeah you're like who are you and why am I in love with you (laughs) yeah that he's so good in that film and like not not even to get on the choo-choo train with uh akasha like bite me please like oh my god like i don't care if she's a crazy vampire from like egypt or whatever like that's like, like me. she walks into the bar and she's doing all of this and then she turns around and you're like i'm in love queen. <laughs> absolute queen yeah yeah love it I mean I've been trying to think of one that um I like and I I finally reached one and that is Practical Magic oh that that to me that's another go-to film it's my favorite Nicole Kidman movie it's my favorite Sandra Bullock movie that I didn't know that was a book yeah see I didn't know read the book I didn't know it was a book it wasn't until was it last year or the year before that I, I was talking about it on my Instagram and then someone's like, oh, have you read the book? And I was like, excuse me? It was oh, book. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I got the book and the book is really good. And then there's like, um, there's another book as well, um, but it's based on the aunts when they were younger. And I haven't read that mm-hmm. yet, but I want to read that. But that movie, everything about that movie, I just, the end scene where they're joining the hands yes the curse that's the scene I have to watch more than once because that is such a good scene and the fact that it it's it's about sisters it's Mm -hmm. that bond that you have with with your sister and because obviously with the aunts as well that's and it's about and even down to her children like I love I love the the mirrors of all three of those relationships and I love that it's a brunette and a redhead yeah um it's so the it's fact so that Kylie is Evan Rachel Wood yeah that's so what I love young. like watch it I'm like oh my god baby yeah I, I absolutely love that yeah yeah and then, yeah the fact that they're brunettes and they're gingers just such such a good film it's like I say it's my favorite Nicole Kidman film and because she is just she's amazing in that mm-hmm. Sandra Bullock as well and, and the Stockard Channing is in it Rizzo for God's sake just wow and Diane Weiss who's obviously in um Edward Scissorhands mm-hmm. and yeah that movie just it makes me want to like have my own little botanical shop and everything yeah 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 like have like a little like shop and stuff and it's very like new englandy where are they where are they in massachusetts no they're not in massachusetts are they i think they're like in maine or something yeah i know that it's one of those it's a beachy new northern northeastern like town and it's very like it uh it reminds me of um Hilton Head, well, no, Hilton, Hilton Head's too south. Um, reminds me of Martha's Vineyard. That's what it reminds me of, oh, okay. which is, that's that's a very, like, New Englandy y um, 
place, but it's, uh, it's great. It's so, such a cute movie. And I love the little, like the spell for like, you know, the true love and all that stuff. It's so... because that's something like, not necessarily doing spells. Cause we're not like all Wiccans or whatever, but that's sort of right. something that you do as a kid. You're like, Oh, my perfect man is going to be this and this. And then, <laughs> Yeah, and the, the fact that her choices are just so weird, like, oh, he his favorite shape is a star, he can flip pancakes and stuff like that. It's like that's so such a child thing to sort of picture when you're picturing your perfect man. But the fact that he has all of those, and it's the scene where he's like, I wished for you too. And it's like, oh, okay. My right. heart. <laughs> right in the feels. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, good. I love that movie. Great. Great movie. Wow, we discussed a lot, a plethora. We did. I mean, there was several that we didn't get to, but <sighs> we could we do that in like a follow-up? Yeah. I feel. Yeah. Especially when we're going to re-watch. I think I only have like one film to watch, which is Singing in the Rain. Yes. Watch it, watch it. I Pixels and I'm going to re-watch Labyrinth since I have not watched it again. <laughs> And I, I really should. Yes. Um, oh my gosh. Well, um, yes. next, next week we will be kind of staying on the same train of thought, talking about movies and stuff, but we are going to talk about horror, the whole genre. And uh, we're going to have special guests, my sister coming because she's like, she's my uh, horror movie buddy. We always go watch, watch horror movies together. And she far, knows far more than I do about most things. So <laughs> it's gonna be fun. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. And so awesome. We will talk to you guys next week. Yes. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>